Thank you for listening to this podcast of the teaching of Walford Kaufman. This series is on the book of Revelation. Please get your Bibles out as this episode gives us an introduction of this wonderful book. Well, I know many of you have already turned to Revelation 18, but would you please turn over to Isaiah 40, 40 verse 15. Isaiah 40, verse 15. Make sure you keep that spot there in Revelation 18. You know, America is a great country, right? And we've been around a good while. But you look through history, there's been a lot of great countries, a lot of empires that have come and gone. And had great leaders. Had great people who discover things. But you know what happens many times is that we, in countries and leadership as people, we think we don't need God. You know, look at that. I mean, nowadays, what's going on? I mean, this world of ours, I mean, sci- you know, scientists, there's some brilliant people. You know, they've, I think one of the scientists or these, the astrologers and all this stuff, there's another universe like ours off there somewhere else. There could be people that look like us other places, and I'm going to pray for them if they look like us. <laughs> you know, you think about all this goes on. But Scripture tells us, Watch out. Look there. In Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 15. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Now that's just a part, and you say you you take it out of context. But I want you to realize this. If the Holy Word there says the nations are like a drop in a bucket, if it was there in Isaiah... It's true today, right? Nations come and go. God's in control. And then, if you would, look over in Acts 17. Acts 17, verse 31. Acts 17, verse 31. This tells us the nations are not in control. The nations are not in control. God's in control. Look there in Acts 17, verse 31. For He has set a day when He would judge the world with justice by the man He has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising Him from the dead. There we see that God has set a day. He's cleaning house. And that's what we're getting to in Revelation 18. We were approaching right there at the end of Revelation. We ought to be through by at least Christmas. If then... (laughs) We're going to be getting close then. And so here's the final last empire of the world. The final empire is not an empire of land. It's not an empire of armies. It's of money. It's of money. The final empire is the commercial Babylon. I've got a few more statements to make before we jump on the outline. So don't, I know some of you are panicking now. Man, I, I missed something. No, you not missed anything, so don't worry about that. But some feel that this is a symbol of the Antichrist godless system. Others believe, as we talk about Babylon, it's an actual city. And what it is, is kind of a combination. It's an actual city that's the capital of the empire that the Antichrist has established. And it's where everything goes through. Now, I will tell you, as I studied this and I kept thinking, I thought of New York City. I thought of the Twin Towers. I mean, you don't know how many times this thing kind of come through because New York's kind of important, right? 
Wall Street, stock exchange, and the control it has on this world of ours today. I mean, I mean, just think right now. Uh, we just got through with this trouble with Greece. The banks, the, the European banks and all trying to support Greece. Now, what country? China's having some trouble and the stock market goes down. <laughs> I mean, what happens in New York can affect this whole world. And so all this going on. But the reason why we think this is actual city, in this one chapter of Revelation, five different times, it says city, city, city. And so, uh, but even if it is that one city, it has worldwide influence. And so this is most likely the Antichrist capital city, but it represents a commercial, a commercial empire. But think about this. How many of y'all had some snakes in your yards this year? Anybody? Yeah, I, I've heard some folks talking about. I, I really hadn't seen that many in the in, in the roads and stuff like this. But what's the you know you kill, chop off the head of that snake. What happens to the rest of that snake? Alive. Hmm? It's alive. Ah, it it'll move, it'll twist, it'll do a few things. But you know what? It'll finally give up. And the reason why I know that's so good, my dad was in Putwood and logging. And I told you about the logging crew that loved to pick on my daddy. They'd get old snakes. I mean, I'm talking about, I mean, the mean, nasty ones. Sometimes they threw the whole snake in, but most times they'd cut the head off and toss in the back of the truck. But you know what? It still moved around. And I didn't know my daddy could move that fast. <laughs> I didn't know. But what you have here is the head of the empire of the Antichrist being cut off Babylon. But the other part's going to go on for a little bit, but not long. But not long. But I want you to realize this as we about to begin that outline. Don't feel sorry for these people. Don't feel sorry. 144,000 witnesses have told them about Jesus. You remember then there were the two evangelists. Uh, well, some call the 144 evangelists and the two were the witnesses. And then, you remember there was that angel that was above everything that they couldn't destroy. But he, this angel proclaimed to the whole world, Jesus saves. And so, these people refused to repent. I mean, you know, how many of y'all like me, you feel like everybody can change? Right? Y'all ever feel like that way? Everybody can change. But truth is, not everybody will change, will they? Everybody can't change. It's just not everybody's willing to change. Not everybody. And that's what happens in this situation. 144,000 evangelists, two witnesses, an angel. All this that goes on. And they said no. So here we see judgment pronounced. Judgment pronounced. And so there in verse 1. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had great authority, and the earth was illumined by his splendor. With a mighty voice, he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit, a haunt for every unclean and detestable bird. For all the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries. The kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Wow. 
So judgment is pronounced. Two reasons for Babylon's impending destruction. Demonic activity. I mean, demons are in control. Evil is in control. I mean, there's no chance for morality. There's no chance for goodness. I want to tell you what, there's a lot of folks think in this world we have today, people can be just good and nice to each other and not have Jesus. That ain't true, is it? It's Jesus that changes our hearts. But there are some folks think, well, we can all live together. Like that bumper sticker at Walmart. Coexist. Mm-mm. Coexist, not a cross. We can't exist. With a cross, we can't exist. Not with these other things. And so there's demonic activity and then there's sensuality. Sensuality. So all this is going on. And so after these, uh, after this, this, these destruction, I think I didn't change this one. If you looked at on verse one, it says after this, if you mark that after this, that means it's beginning of a new vision. John is writing about a brand new vision he is seeing. And then another angel with unusual power and importance came along. Another angel. Some wanted to say that was Jesus. Uh, I mean, a lot of folks said, that's Jesus, that's Jesus, that's... Well, Jesus does a lot of things, but these are angels that come about. But look what this angel did. Came down with great authority. Great authority. And then he had uh, what? The earth was illuminated by his splendor. So the earth was illuminated with the glory. If you can't write illuminated just right, it lit up like you wouldn't believe. Okay, y'all like me, illuminated. Hi, okay, okay, uh, but it lit up. Now you say that's no big deal. That's no big deal. Let me go back and share something with you. Y'all remember about the fifth bold judgment back in chapter sixteen, verse one. That bold judgment came when it when that bowl was thrown out upon the earth. The earth became totally black, darkness. I mean. Nothing. The sun was gone. The moon was gone. No light. Now, here comes an angel. It's kind of good to have a black background. I don't light it up much, do I? But anyway, uh, but just think, uh, in a world that is this black, that you're reaching along just trying to make it, here comes an angel that lights up everything. So it's not just a bright angel. It's, a, it's an angel that illuminates the whole world. And so the people are terrified. They're in shock. But then look what else happens to that angel. The angel cried out with a mighty voice. A mighty voice. It's one of those kind of voices. It's authority. He lights up the place. But it's one of those. What did he say? Uh, now wives, y'all probably know this better than the men. <clears throat> You know, you know what I'm talking about? Men, we don't hear what we... Okay, we don't hear sometimes, do we? And somebody comes... Now, what did you say? I, I tell you what tears my wife up more than anything else is she's watching TV. And honestly, I can sit there, and I've got my laptop or something like this. I don't hear what's going on. I don't hear... I don't pay any attention. And I'll look up and say, what do you say? Well, haven't you been paying attention? No, I haven't. I was doing something else. Folks, this angel has everybody's attention. One and two is nobody said, what did he say? 
They knew right then that's the kind of authority he had. And I got a feeling some of you husband wives are going to be doing some discussion when you're on your way home about listening. Okay? It's a man thing, okay? And so, okay. But look at this also. Here's something kind of strange there. Look there in that uh, second part of verse 2. And it would be a halt for every unclean and detestable bird. I worded it this way. Babylon will be a prison for every unclean and hateful bird. Now, sometimes I go down to Brown's packing. Uh-uh. Not this Brown packing. Sometimes I go down to Brown's packing where they deposit a lot of things down there toward going down the packet highway. Yeah. They got a place back there you won't believe. They got this waste from this uh, establishment here, and it's piled up, I mean, humongous. And they have to rotate that stuff around. They add other things to it. They add some dirt. They add, uh, what, recycled cardboard. Do you have to work on their engines any? Uh, I've worked on the stuff here. On the stuff here. But you've been behind the truck as it's going down one feet. Okay, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. It's alive. Yeah, that, but down there, but you go there and you don't think anything else. You get out of your truck or, or your car and look. Birds are everywhere. You see, especially since they clean out all those trees around there now. But there's old vultures. There's the nastiest birds that could be and all around. This is what's going on in the city of Babylon. I mean, you think of old crows, you think of old vultures, you think of any of the... What does it say? It says here that uh, every unclean and detestable bird. Well, what that's showing is it symbolizes the city's total destruction. These are birds in wait. They're waiting for the people to die. They're waiting to tear that rottening flesh. That's what's going on. So it symbolized this is not a city. Well, let's call the city and have them spray and get rid of those birds. No. Total destruction. Also, it reflects heaven's view of the people. They're not worth saving now. It's too late. So you'll watch your friends what eventually happen to you. Do it now? You'll be watching your friends what eventually happen to you. Oh. Mm. It's it's bad. It's bad. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but we're okay. Uh, and so, but but total destruction. The birds are there, and awful, and all these things going on. And then we see here, Babylon has seduced the entire world. Babylon has seduced the entire world. So it says there in verse 3, For the nations have drunk the maddening wine of her adulteries, and the kings of the earth committed adultery with her. Now folks, don't, don't take that to mean uh, sexuality as, as we think of adultery. This is being seduced by money, by possessions, by power. This is that kind of adultery could be. I mean, we commit adultery you know, uh, in our minds when we want a car more than our wife. We want we want uh, we want a new boat instead of a husband. You know these kind of things. 
That's what's going on here. And so the wealth of her sensuality. And so it does. But it doesn't this kind of portray. Why does Hardy's have to have a, a unclad woman, almost uh, totally unclad woman, to sell a hamburger? Sir? Direct TV. Yes, they got. Is that the woman in the horse? See, that's that commercial I don't pay attention to. But you're right. The one where you got a goat? Yeah, okay, got the goat. Now, I don't know that commercial. Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> really one because I, I had to ask my wife, what are they, what are they trying to sell? You know, I, didn't, I really didn't pay attention to it, but, but you're right. But sensuality, not. Can I go ahead and say this? Why do we have to have this young lady, uh, well, excuse me. She's not a young lady, an older lady. They're on a bed talking about Viagra. Huh? I know, keep on moving on that one. But do you see where our world is? Do you see the perversion of our world and all this? Why do you get these magazines and these young... Uh, is it Justice magazines? Is that young ladies where? Huh? Clothing and all this? Why do our young ladies have to look like prostitutes? Tight jeans, tight shirts. Where's the perversion that's coming in all this stuff now? And I want to tell you what, our teenage boys are going to be hit more in the, in the days to come. Not about girls seducing them, but homosexuality. Because the big thing on, on college campuses, high school campuses, let me go ahead and say it, middle school is young people today being bisexual. Well, see, we're, no, 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 I'm not homosexual, but I, 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 I just want to experiment. That's the perversion our world going on today. That's the sensuality. That's where money comes from. That's, look at the stuff that's on, y'all go through, you're talking about TV. get that section with all those movies. You got, you got to jump to this way down here to the other, and look at the, look at the titles of the movies. Perversion, perversion, perversion. But let's look here. Judgment avoided. Judgment avoided. You say, how can that be? Look at verse 4. Then I, I heard another voice from heaven say, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues, for her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Here's another angel, another voice, another chance. This is a God of grace. This is a God of grace that still gives these detestable people another chance. For God's people, really he's, he's aiming this at two people, groups of people. For God's people to separate themselves. There are going to be people who know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. They came to know Jesus after, you know... After God had called His church home, they come to know Jesus, they're changed, and He's saying, get away from those people. And then He says, for lost people to come to faith in Christ. But the number one thing He is trying to tell is to abandon the system. I'm not calling it a religion. I'm not calling it a cult. But the Antichrist is a system that is to perfection. Of the world, not of the Lord. But it's a perfect system, he thought. The world thought. So he's saying to flee Babylon's influence. Babylon's influence. 
to flee Babylon's plagues. There are plagues that are coming. And then to pull away for God remembers. You see in that scripture, it says here, uh, for her sins are piled up to heaven. It's not just, I'm, I'm thinking, of, i got some old lumber in my backyard there, and I've just kind of, i got a nice little pile. But that thing is such a pile that with good little wind, it could go either way and boom, fall. This is not that kind of pile. This is that kind of pile that everything has been put together in such a way it's almost glued together. And folks, has not the church of today gotten glued with the world? Hmm? Isn't churches today almost got to be an entertainment center? I mean, we, I mean, we, I mean, you know, there's certain things that we're doing in church. Uh, we kind of say, where did that come from? Well, we got to entertain people to get them in. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. We got to be of Christ and share that message and to separate ourselves from the world. We, that's that saying. We got to be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. And that, what he's saying is Babylon, get away from these people. There's destruction coming. And then we see the judgment defined. Judgment defined. There. Let's look there at verse 6. And give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Mix her a double portion from her own cup. Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. In her heart she boasts, I sit as a queen. I am not a widow. And I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by the fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. So, the angel now speaks to God. Now speaks to God. That is, it's a strange thing, uh, what's happening here. And so, his call for vengeance parallels the prayers of the martyr saints we saw back in Revelation 6. It's also remnant of the, uh, of the Old Testament saints' pleas for vengeance on ancient Babylon. But look at that thing. Request to her, pay her back double. Pay her back double for what she's done. That's very fitting. Her punishment should fit her crimes. Look what's happened to our world in this, this time here in Revelation. And then the cup, Babylon, you see that terminology, cup used a lot, but the cup Babylon is used to deceive the nations. We see this in other chapters that talks about this cup of, of hers that where they get drunk, they drank of this cup. And so it talks about this cup of Babylon used to deceive the nations. But a third call for God to exact complete vengeance on Babylon. Not a punishment. Not a, boy, if they get things straight, but to complete vengeance. But there's three sins called for Babylon, Babylon's judgment. We see it in that scripture. She was proud. She was proud. For why? We see, we see that she glorified herself. I mean, in her heart she boasts, I sit as a queen. I am not a widow. And so we see she pursued self-gratification. She lived sensually. Uh, all this that she went on, that what she wanted, self-gratification. Do we have that in this day and time? Self-gratification. How many of y'all get mad at y'all's microwave for taking so long to heat up? 
Hmm? Y'all don't get mad at your microwave? I do. I get mad at my microwave. It's too slow. It's too slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we want things instant. And we got young people want instant families. We got people that want instant love. We want instant money. We want all these things. Instant, instant. Give me, give me, give me. All this is happening here. And so that's what's going on. She lived sensually. And then she was guilty of self sufficiency. Self sufficiency. Oh, what goes on there? Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. Mm. So, her punishment, that torment, you know what that really means? Torment, it literally means torture. Torture. What do we do? I mean, we use some things to get some information from folks, right? Waterboarding, you've heard of some things like that. Ain't nothing compared to what hell's going to be like. And I don't think it's going to be waterboarding either. It's going to be more like a fire under the fingernails or something like that. And so, torment means torture. Grief that is a mourning that will last forever. And destruction will be instant. That's what's so strange with all this going on. You know, a lot of this stuff is one, one plague come along or, or one... Uh, uh, of these things that the Lord has been doing all this time has been, let me get your attention, let me get you. There's no more getting attention here. What we see is destruction will be instant, but through death, through mourning, through famine, and then look how it ends up. After death, after mourning, after famine, finish the deal, how we do it? Burned up in a fire. Complete. So those birds of prey, they're going to have roasted meat. I hope none of y'all got a weak stomach tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just kind of ended up like that. But I'll tell you what, Revelation not going to be a pretty sight. It's not going to be a pretty sight for those on this earth. Okay. Then we see judgment mourn. Judgment mourn. Verse 9. And when the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her, terrified at her torment. They will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe, O great city, O Babylon, city of power. In one hour your doom has come. You see that? That's how quick and fast this particular punishment comes. In one hour. And then... The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet cloth, every sort of citron wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron and marble. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat. Cattle and sheep, horses and carriages and bodies and souls of men. Wow. Uh, is that doing something? And they will say, the fruit you long for is gone from you. All your riches and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. And the merchants who sowed these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn and cry out, Woe, woe, O great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. In one hour, 
such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain, all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. And when they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe, O great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour, she has been brought to ruin. Wow. So the first mourners are the leaders. Yes, judgment mourn. The first mourners are the leaders. The kings of the earth. They're looking. And see, what they're so shocked about, she had been so great. Now, think about this. We've had this whole study of Revelation. We got here to chapter 18. There's been all these judgments, judgment, bold judgments. All this has come about. And guess what city was still strong? This city of Babylon. It had been through trouble after trouble after trouble and survived. And they thought it would never happen to her. Any of y'all remember watching the Twin Towers come down? How many of you felt in your heart that can't happen? How many of you remember seeing the plane when the first plane hit it? Uh, they saw the first plane. See, and the Lord would come in the twinkling of an eye. Okay, y'all remember that? So, but anyway, y'all remember that first plane hit? How many of you said it can take it? It won't. It's going to destroy those floors up there, but it won't come down. But it did. But it did. And so, all this going on here, uh, she survived. She had been so great surviving the judgments. But the destruction is so swift. That's what shocks them. There's been all these these judgments. And boy, they, they came through it. Some of them. But this one comes so quick. One hour. You see, I don't understand that. Of all the things that heaven has done to God, He knocks Him out about the quickest of all of them. I mean, the other ones will take a judgment. They bam, bam, bam. This one, they just... Yeah. His timing, his way, and all this. Now, don't tell me there was not people in Babylon that did suffer. There was some, that, but this is the evil. This is that commercial. Uh, that's that money, that power that comes in this situation. And they thought they could buy their way out. They thought they could get more things, and all this going on. But the second group of mourners are the merchants of the earth. Now think about this. This is the end of worldwide trade. You can't get your coffee from Nicaragua anymore. Okay? Huh? You can't buy that chocolate from England. Uh, that's where you, we're having problems. Yeah, you got chocolate. <laughs> you think about worldwide trade. Think, y'all probably can't even buy television anymore because, you know, where's that, where it's made? Okay, worldwide trade has come to a complete stop. And then the end of their normal life. We laugh about it. But what about your soap? What about your paper towels? What about the gasoline you put in your vehicles? Hmm? Worldwide trade has stopped. And they're thinking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I remember the people in cow pens, Piggly Wiggly closed down. 
and they about had a heart attack. It was rough on them. What about with every store closing down? And then, uh, but look at the items that they uh, that were traded. I mean, wasn't that a long list? Look at all those different things there. That's, I mean, there's some things. Oh, no big deal for me. Scarlet cloth, but all these other things, no more, no more. See, these items will never be found again. Never be found again. But what happens? They weep from a distance. They weep from a distance there. You know why? They're scared to get caught up in their disaster. If that large city, if that massive city comes to destruction, what's going to happen to little old us? So they stay at a distance. And then they realize they've been stripped of their finances. I know a lot of you say, I'm not much, but if you're in a retirement program or something like this, your, your what, money's tied up in what? Stocks? What about if the stock market just totally folds? Where's your money? That's one of the beauties I've had, Rick. I've always been broke my whole life. You've just been. <laughs> I hate, but you remember, remember this. The poorest of us in this room are still rich in the eyes of the world. So they'll always remember that. You're still rich. I know you might feel the other way, but we're still rich. But here is what's going on. They've been stripped of their finances. But the third group will be every sailor. I've used that word sailor, but it talks about the captains of the ship and all this stuff. But what it talks about is transportation. Transportation. See, Babylon had been an important distribution center. Now you see why I thought about New York City. It's also a distribution place. The ships that come in and out. And then they express their grief. They use that, was there ever a city like this great city? Now I'll be honest with you, I don't use that terminology much, but I found out that terminology was a quote uh, that was used by a lot of people in that day and time, back that many years ago. That was a famous quote to talk about how great this city is. That was one they used. And then they threw dust on their heads. Uh, but you notice how they would, three different times, said, Whoa, whoa, oh, great, great city. Um, I want you to realize they might have said, Whoa, whoa, but that is not a sign of repentance. They're not saying, I'm sorry, that should have never happened. What they're saying is, We've got pain. I can't get my peach milkshake from Chick fil A anymore. <laughs> Because y'all think those peaches came from South Carolina? No, they came from... No, I'm kidding. I don't know where they came from. But then, we see judgment enjoyed. Verse 20. Rejoice over her, O heaven. Rejoice, saints and apostles and prophets. God has judged her for the way she treated you. So we see here, judgment enjoyed. Why? Heaven rejoices. Righteousness has won. Jesus is being lifted up, or has been lifted up. And finally, the arrival of His kingdom on earth. The kingdom. Perfect peace with the Lord. So think that heaven rejoices, righteousness has won, Jesus has been lifted up, and the arrival of His kingdom on earth. But see, now we see judgment completed. Judgment completed. Verse 21. 
And then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea and said, With such violence, this great city of Babylon will be thrown down, never be found again. And the music, the music of harpists and musicians, flute players and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No workman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a millstone will never be heard in you again. And then the light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of the bridegroom and bride will never be heard in you again. Oh, think of all this stuff that's going on with this. Uh, Judgment is completed. And another angel pops in. But this other angel is there for a dramatic effect. A dramatic act. A millstone. A millstone was usually four to five feet. Four to five feet uh, in height, the the di- diameter, <laughs> and then it's a foot thick. And folks, I don't think too many of us guys could actually move it. We might can roll it very slowly, but we couldn't pick it up. This angel gets it, and I, and he doesn't. Do, you know, if I'm an angel and I got, I'm, I'm going to skip it across the pond. There, he doesn't do that. Boom, boom. That weight, that size, it went to the bottom. That is a symbol for us of completeness. Complete destruction. See, uh, here we see a Babylon will disappear. It's not going around and kicking up some of the stones and stuff. Where's Babylon? It's gone. It's gone. And all normal activities of life will stop because of that city. It's gone. I mean, think about it. In that time with Babylon, all the television, all the radio, all the news media came out of Babylon. All the banks, Babylon. Hmm? Any any produce or anything, I mean, like banana you like to have on your cereal in the morning, it's gone. That's the kind of world that's been changed with the destruction here. And then... That you see, all normal activities of human life will stop. And then judgment justified. Look there in verse 23. And your merchants were the world's great men, but your magic spell, all the nations were led astray. In her was found the blood of prophets and of the saints and all who have been killed on the earth. So we see that judgment is justified to stop her influence through wealth. Let's admit it. Who runs... I'm scared to say this. There's this guy who's got this big hair that's running for president. Have you noticed how he's talking? He don't care, does he? Why? He's got the money. And he's saying some things could get us in a whole lot of trouble. Some things you can agree with. But some things said, man, that's not the way to go. But he's got money. And he's got attention. And he's leading in the polls today. That's scary. Money can do a lot of things. And so here Babylon is stopped because of wealth. And then to stop her sorcerer, uh, sorcery that deceived the nations. Now I want you to realize something. Sorcery is the Greek word that we derive our English words pharmacy and pharmaceutical from. So as we read this, it is not just 
It is not just the occult. It's not just witchcraft that we're talking about sorcery. But we're also talking about the influence of drugs. And is drugs running our world today? We've legalized marijuana in several states. Well, if we do this in a few states, what's going to happen in our nation? Hmm? Yeah. What about other drugs? What about the what about a, the a, a mom and dad that I know, members of this church, that have to nail their windows shut in their house to keep their son from breaking in the house when they're gone because he's wanting to get money to go buy drugs? Hmm? What about the others that are? I mean, what what drugs are doing? And see, we think we you know we got this idea that Babylon holds control over the world because of its military, because of its finances. But if that if that capital city is also the drug capital of the world, what could he do? Anything. If a guy in in Mexico can quote drop in a hole in the shower and walk out a t- out a tunnel. And nobody knows anything about it. Drugs is running Mexico already. It's going to run America soon. And what other words? And see, that's why Babylon has to be destroyed. Because of the power that it has. Not just the witchcraft and all this, but the drugs. And then to stop her murderous slaughter of God's people. This has been a city that has led, led that empire, that world of that time... To kill God's people. Guess what, folks? It's going boom, 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 boom. It's thrown away. It's gone. It's gone. And guess what? Jesus is coming. 